0: Peace, and welcome to Podcast of the Wills, a podcast that treats Star Wars like a sacred text. Happy holidays. We are here on Sunday night, and we are celebrating the holidays tonight. As you can see, I'm a little fancier than normal. I'm not in a Star Wars t-shirt. Uh, I literally rolled in the door about 10 minutes ago from my wife's company Christmas party. So I've had a little bit of Christmas cheer, and we have a little bit more Christmas cheer as we hang out tonight, as we talk as we bring on our friend Pete in just a minute to have a fun conversation and just kind of talk about the year in review. Um, So many things have happened. And before we get to that, um, I do want to call your attention just to one thing in particular. And you've heard about it off and on all week or since late this week. Uh, The Star Wars Eclipse video game and Quantic, Quantic Dream, the studio, and the problematic issues with all that. I have thoughts. I have opinions. Pete and I are going to talk about it for just a minute coming up. But what I wanted to point you to is if you're a listener to Podcast of the Wills and if you aren't a listener to the Pink Milk podcast or even if you are but you haven't had a chance to check out the conversation that Brian and Emma and Chase had on Friday night in their After Dark show, um, Brian sent me the audio of that. So I have uploaded that into the Podcast of the Wills audio feed and it's a really great conversation and I wanted my listeners to have an opportunity to hear from These people who are a part of the queer community, who are a part of those that are affected most directly by these decisions, which are troubling and frustrating from a property that we love from some, you know, it's hard. And I think this is part of what Pete and I are going to talk about. It's hard to understand the decisions that Disney and Star Wars made to get involved with this company. And where does that come from and where is the statement afterwards? And that's kind of, you know, a little bit of where my head's at right now. But these are people who have been marginalized for a long time. This is a group of people who have a voice. And I wanted you to hear directly from them because they're in the position most able to speak to it. And so I just encourage you to check that out in the feed. It's up already. Um, I want to throw a a shout out and a thank you to Brian um, for sharing that with me and for allowing me to share that conversation with you. I really think you'll get something out of it. So check that out. And if you're not listening to Pink Milk already, you need to go subscribe. They have such a fun show over there. Um, And I really appreciate them and everything that they do. So check that out, uh, formulate your own opinions and, you know, keep pushing that spark of positivity that we know is in Star Wars. And sometimes we have to speak up and sometimes we have to use our voice to support those who need that support. So I hope you'll check that out. I hope you'll get something out of it Um, because it's an interesting time and it's troubling for us as Star Wars fans. I see JD saying it right now. He says, I find it extremely hard to defend Disney at this point. It's a stupid decision on their part. And I don't understand that. And I think that's part of where we all are as fans. We want to understand more about that decision. Why is it like this? Why is that there? Um, On that note, and that's not going to be the whole show tonight. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about it. But I am going to go ahead and bring in my guest. Um, Over the course, especially of this last year, this guy has gotten to be a really, really good friend of mine. He's a huge supporter. He deals with me on almost a daily basis when I'm picking his brain about ideas and things I want to do. Um, But he also brings, besides all of his amazing shows like Around the Galaxy and Disturbances in the Force, um, he brings another side to this that we don't always get into and talk to. But my guest tonight, Mr. Pete Fletzer, is a works in public relations and he's a public relations professional and has done this kind of thing for a long time. So I'm going to welcome Pete to the show and we're going to talk a little bit about what maybe some of this means from a public relations standpoint but first of all happy holidays my friend happy holidays nick how you doing man good to see you I'm outstanding and i'm so glad to get to drag you away from your family for a little bit in your <laughs> festive holiday sweater to well, let me, hang let out me put it me. this way
1: at this point in the weekend um they're glad to be probably rid of me at this point <laughs> they, they no, have pushed you away well they pushed me away but they're happy about it There's uh no it's uh it's great to be here and thank you for inviting me and and i think there's the the topic tonight around you know top 7 things that happened in 2021 from a star's perspective is a very interesting one especially as we end the year with this one this one did not make my list um that's right but it it was um it's really an interesting and challenging situation you know it's it's funny i i'll be super transparent on all this um so i saw i had heard something some stuff about quantic um you know when when the rumors were out there and i honestly i i didn't get that deep into it because there were rumors at the time that they were going to be the studio that was going to be working on this um and then the the trailer dropped as part of the um uh what the what was it the game awards i guess it mm-hmm. was and we all freaked out we were all like this is amazing this is beautiful i can't wait to play it this is just uh, just like it blew our minds um and then very quickly thereafter people were calling on the The very real homophobic and misogynistic world that is the culture, apparently, Mm -hmm. of Eclipse. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that people tend not to do and one of the things that I'd always hoped for as this Internet Thing exploded. Um, and I can say that because I've been working in digital in one form or another for over 20 years. So um, I've been doing this longer than Google existed. And so <laughs> I was always of the mindset, especially from a PR perspective, that I always hoped that the people would use this fact that we have access to every piece of information, right? In the palm of our hands, literally in our phone, you can pull up any piece of information you want. And I hoped, and it was my, my belief, that people would be, become smarter and people sure. would start to use the opportunity to get in inform- instead what happens is, and we see it with uh fandom menace kind of things. We see it in politics. We see it in anything that's volatile. People go and they find the information that they want and they, they join those groups and they stay close to those groups. But I always, one of the things that I always do is when I hear things like we're hearing about uh, Quantic, yeah. I I went, I did the research. I mean, I immediately, in fact, you and me and and Jerry and Scotty were all, we were sort of Mm -hmm. texting each other back and forth. And the first thing I found was that pieces of the case were thrown out by the French court. Um, But I also found other pieces. And at the end of the day, I think we need to look at this as clearly there's a culture issue with this organization. It doesn't matter if the case was thrown out, honestly, Mm -hmm. Um, if this is the way the perception that's out there. And it's interesting to watch multiple viewpoints from people who want to, I think we all want to, as star Wars fans. And after we saw what we saw, we all want to just jump in and play this game. Right. I mean, there's this mindset of, Oh my God, it's beautiful. It's, it's the high Republic. That's the other thing that's so strange about this Mm is the high Republic, which is this beautiful open space for everybody to play. And, and, um, and so we started to to do the research and started to look at it. And, um, you know, to, to ultimately get to what you're, <laughs> you're sort of the way you set it up is yeah, it's a really bad PR decision. Um, mm-hmm. it, I mean, first of all, the game is probably, you know, you talk to anybody who's in the gaming industry, what we saw was very, to even, half that stuff probably won't even appear in the game. So I'm hearing that the game isn't even going to be ready till 23, 24. Um, So they're so early in the stages, which means that the paperwork was signed sometime after 2018, which is when all these allegations were leveled against this company, which means somebody at Lucasfilm either ignored the research or didn't do the research and neither one is acceptable and made a really bad decision, a really bad decision, especially as they... Uh, clearly, the uh, Star Wars, Lucasfilm and Disney are doing everything they can to maintain this level of inclusivity. And so they they really dropped the ball here. And there's really no other way to put it. There's really I I mean, I as a Star Wars fan who happens to be a heterosexual white male, I was really hoping that I could find something to be like, well, but there's no buts here. There's no, well, it happens in every single company. It, it does. But if it's at the top of that company, see, one of the arguments, I'm sorry, I'm just rambling here, but one, of the, <laughs> one of the arguments that I read was, yes, but there's a lot of great creators that are, are doing this. It's at the management mm-hmm. level, but the management level is the one that's going to make the money. Right. So this this Craig, whatever his name is. Um, Cage, David Cage. Craig, uh, David Cage, that's right. Yeah. He He's going to make the money from this. <clears throat> and so... I hate to say it, it doesn't matter who's working on it. He could have an entirely diverse group of people working on it. But at the end of the day, David Cage is putting money in his pocket. And he's the guy, which is the source of this culture issue, who said things literally like, I'm not on the record, right? So I can lie. These are, these are, this is these Way are not to, good people. <laughs> correct. This is too ingrained in the organization. And look, I get it. You can't just quit your job because you don't like it. And I, you know, part of me wants to be like, if you can't, if you sh- don't feel like you should be working there, you should leave, but it's not easy to go get a job. That's right. Also, yeah, so it's I, ultimately, it's just a really bad decision and I don't like it. And I don't understand it is, is mm-hmm. what, what the biggest well, and, problem I have is.
0: And I think for, and part of my wondering, and again, Obviously, there's a lot that happens. There's a lot of moving parts in companies and public relations in statements. But like we're to a point now, and I think this is as much of it for Star Wars fans and certainly these marginalized Star Wars fans in the queer community, (laughs) the statements against women, all of these people. That we're at a point now, like we're ready to hear something from Disney and from Lucasfilm that says yeah, we made a bad mistake. Yeah, we're going to, you know, we want to continue forward with this game and we're looking for a new developer. Joey said it. Um, I think JD said it like it's, you know, it's time to pull the game especially if there's that much more lead time like you said. If it's not mm-hmm. due till 23, 24, <clears throat> there's time to pull. And that's tough because again, you do have people that work in that company in those lower levels that gets a job taken away from them, but Disney messed up. Yeah. Disney made the mistake to get in bed with this company. It's time for the opportunity to do something to write that. If nothing else, step up and say, "Hey, we made a mistake."
1: Well, and here's the harsh, ugly reality. and and I say this, and it's gonna sound callous and it's gonna sound like I, i'm I'm out of touch. But the thing to really remember is that unfortunately, ninety percent of the video game buying public is unaware. And frankly, doesn't care Mm -hmm. about this sort of thing. And so they will buy the game. And 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 so Disney is, let's face it, they're playing a numbers game. And this is Mm -hmm. why they this is why they didn't make a proactive statement on Gina Carano. They just let the contract expire and didn't fire her because that's a that's a more comfortable. And frankly, it's easier to do that Mm -hmm. way. Um, my prediction is that this game will never see the light of day. It's going to go the way right. of thirteen, thirteen, or Battlefront three. I think yep. the concept, whatever the story is that they're building, because it's High Republic related. Since we don't know enough about the story, it'll probably survive and end up being somewhere else. But this this will casually, quietly go away because that's that's the easiest way for Disney to handle it without having to piss off Middle America. Now, let's face it, there's a lot of dollars that come in from a group of 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 people that don't care about don't have an issue with this that's yeah yeah i mean honestly Um, i think you talk to a lot of people they'd be like oh i don't care so they don't like they don't like a group of people that's fine by me and it's ugly but it's well and i I, think and i've
0: seen this you know from several of our friends i think jackson actually was one of the first people i saw that posted something to this effect which i certainly agree with you know but there's a strong version of you know voting with our dollars on something like this too if it makes it out and it stays, you know, within Quantic, and it's like I won't do it. I mean, yep. I have too much love and care and respect for those brothers and sisters of mine who are affected by these
1: kinds of things. And, and, and I think thi- also, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say, I think the thing that sucks most about it is High Republic has has opened the doors and welcomed all people absolutely, and this this is the this is a place that everybody's going to want to play. Yep. And and unfortunately, the audience that felt most welcomed by High Republic is now the most damaged in, by this decision just in one fell swoop just like yep. that yep.
0: um you know and in, I, and i think too and uh, Framie said it earlier um these abusive cultures at game studios don't seem rare and i think that's also true while i'm not an expert on it there were issues at blizzard there were some issues i think at bioware activision. at one point yep. like activision there were some yep. you know throughout the video gaming industry there are some similar issues to this which may not have popped up as much on our radar because we don't get star Wars games all the time. Right. Um, But that's another, you know, cultural thing overall that our friends are having to deal with, whether it's in star Wars or any other franchise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, And again, I just having been in PR most of my life, I don't understand how this got as far as it did and, and who didn't sort of raise, I mean, it's not like the quantic stuff was unknown, Correct. Um, It all it takes is a search of Quantic Dream. And it's one of the first things that pops up, Mm -hmm. Um, which speaks pretty poorly of Quantic Dream that they haven't done (laughs) a great job of of burying the search results. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's it's somebody should have or maybe they did. And that that might make it even worse is somebody in PR raised their hand and said, listen, guys, This is this is a nightmare. This is a mess. Uh, Whether we believe it or not, whether it's founded or not, it's a PR mistake. And somebody said, I don't care. We're doing it. And that's that's the other
0: thing that fascinates me so much is, you know, when I first saw that clip, whoever posted it initially, it came across initially like it was a leak. Yes, but then very quickly we realized no, this was shown on stage at an award show. This was an intentional decision, right, to put this out. If it was a leak, not that it makes it any better, but it would almost be a little bit more understandable. Like somebody got this out; it wasn't supposed right. to get out because this hasn't been resolved.
1: Right, then you can but shuffle willing, around. Yeah, mm-hmm. the
0: willing decision to put it out in you know prime time in a video game award show indicates that somebody went yeah let's go ahead and do that which is adds to that problematic in the decision making um just like you mentioned so yep i don't know um i tend to agree with you i don't know that this game ever makes it to the light of day um at minimum i hope that it gets moved to a different studio and has the opportunity because again we want this era there are so many people who want you know i saw you know we watched those clips and like you said we were texting back and forth holy crap look at this and you know look at the the battle station and look at you know all these other things fake Voldemort at the end like we're in for all (laughs) those things but all right after that then that sour taste comes in and we realize oh this is really
1: problematic and this is really not as good as it seems on the surface so and and i think what for better or worse, and, and certainly probably for worse, I think we all need to just sort of strap in and recognize and be prepared for the fact that there will be no statement. Do right. not expect a statement. Expect it to disappear. Um Expect, it, it, because if you launch the first Star Wars game in years, right, since Jedi Fallen mm-hmm. Order, mm-hmm. and it's shrouded in any sort of negative media, it's going to hurt. So it's not going to happen. But you, I would say, I would put, a lot of money on, on against them ever making any statement about it. It's just going to disappear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It seems that's the most likely path. In fact, it would be almost a, I don't want to say pleasant surprise because that puts a good spin on, but like if they did say something, we'd all be shocked. Right. Um, Yep. So obviously a lot of thoughts there. I do want to, you know, push one more time. If anybody's just tuning in, joining in a little bit late Um, in our podcast of the wheels, audio feed, I just put up this afternoon, the pink milk after dark show from this past Friday night with Brian and chase and Emma, and they had a great conversation and they speak way more to this issue mm-hmm. than I am able to as members of the queer community. Um, and so I really would love to encourage y'all, if you haven't already listened to that episode or if you didn't watch them Friday night, go check that out, listen to what they have to say. Um, those are important voices and I'm glad to you know help spread it out a little bit more. So check that out. Um, Pete, I appreciate your thoughts on this, but we're going to pivot into something a little bit lighter. We are here for a holiday show.
1: We're here in yes.
0: fun. Yes. Um, and I've kind of let you go. And so you're a little bit halfway through, but we do have our drink tonight. Um, sorry.
1: Once <laughs> I started talking about Quantic Dream and
0: time to I pound was like,
1: it. yeah, let's just start drinking. That's right. <laughs>
0: we're, we're going old school. We've got eggnog tonight for everybody watching at home. <clears throat> got some eggnog, threw some bourbon in it because well, that's how eggnog works. What we do. That's right. Yeah,
1: but luckily I have another off to the side. I'm ready for two. That's right. So, He'll be ready for a cheers. refill. So cheers to you, my friend. And, <laughs> cheers to you, and thanks
0: for sharing those thoughts. So as we pivot, as we transition a little bit, um, before we get into the top seven list, let's talk holidays for a minute. Any sure. holiday Star Wars memories that you've had over the course of your life? Or do you have any specific Star Wars traditions?
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, it was, I'm actually um, disappointed that there's not, that there's no Star wars movie this year or the last or last year because that was becoming <laughs> right. a fun star wars uh, holiday tradition it was um you know ever since uh, force awakens came out there was uh, we'd we'd go to our local mall with my uh with my brother-in-law and his wife and their son and my kids and we'd go see a movie then we'd go to lunch and we'd go christmas shopping and all this stuff so um there was that. So um, but I think that'll come back. I think if they're wise, they continue to put the movies back That's out right. at that time of year. Um, but, you know, Christmas memories. I mean, for me, when I think about, you know, Christmas as a kid, mm-hmm. I always think about the, the Star Wars gifts that my my dad and, and mom gave me and, or Santa. Um, but I always recall, you know, because I was um, I was eight. Cause I was mm-hmm. born in, I was born in 70. So 77, there were no star Wars toys, but like 78 through 81, 82 was always some sort of star Wars madness. And I have photos of, of me with a Walker and a Dagobah set and a snow speeder. And I will say this. And I, I, I talked about this before on some show mm-hmm. um that like, the weird thing about the seventies and eighties was, uh, for those that were alive at that time, um, you know, it was, it was a volatile time for the economy. And I remember there were years where, uh, you know, there were Christmases where my dad was out of work or times were tight, but my dad always somehow found a way to make sure that there was a pile of toys under the tree for me and my brother. And for me, it was always Star Wars things. And I look right. back now, of course you look back at, at the, uh, you know, there's, you have an inflated price in your head, but these things weren't cheap either back then. And so to get a Walker or to get, you know, a twin pod cloud car and the dig of a play set and literally, you know, a dozen action figures and that, that's my Christmas mornings. That's, that's what I remember. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's, that's, that's where I, I connect star Wars and, and, and the holidays for sure.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I like what, um, JD said, JD said, start a marathon every Christmas, you know, get those, oh, get those movies cool. going get up get up early um keep those going and also this is a really important point that we haven't looked at yet but framey points out this will be atg's Uh, first christmas
1: it's true it is true (laughs) this week's episode he become we lose him a little bit if you're listening around (laughs) the galaxy uh there's a little bit of kookiness uh but yes it will be atg's first christmas he's sitting right there right next to me right it's too bad i didn't give you the you know the heads up to maybe get some mistletoe and have a little moment (laughs) it is an excellent point Framie. i'm i'm sure uh, he's looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> that's right I'm, I'm sure he'll be in all the christmas spirit there won't be any you know he won't be any mr Scrooge no i don't think so <laughs> well um well we talked about you know what we wanted to do and i've just kind of in that holiday spirit i have said um jokingly for the last probably two or three weeks that i was going to take the month of december off but as I told you and as I told people (laughs) very in full disclosure the last couple of weeks, like I like doing this and I like being here on Sunday night talking with great guests. And so I knew that I really didn't mean that. Um, But I am going to be off the next two Sundays getting ready for Christmas, having, you know, that little bit of holiday time. We've got some fun relaunch things going on after the first of the year, which you are helping me with, which I'm very thankful for. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, So as we came into tonight, I really kind of, you know, without making it too much. This is your life, just a, you know, year in review. Some things that, you know, were big for us over the course of the last year. So the topic I threw at you was your top seven Star Wars moments from 2021. Oh wait, there's (laughs) t-shirts.
1: That that was my top seven. Those t-shirts. That was my. So why
0: does why does my screen look weird? Does it look weird to everybody else?
1: Mm, Um, We're just off to the side, and now there's nothing there.
0: That's right. It's um, now
1: we're. Now at the bottom. Maybe now it doesn't ahead. look weird. It, it looks grayed out on my
0: side. Um, so we're gonna do Pete's top seven Star Wars 2021 moments, and we're gonna throw these up there. I've got some moments as well, um, that I'll kind of pepper in as we go along, but we're just gonna jump in here for number seven, and he went with Kira in the War of the Bounty Hunters.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny when you threw this this question at me. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, there must be it, it, there must have been a hundred things because, you know, I mean, you and I, we talk regularly. I do the, mm-hmm. the Star Wars news every Saturday. Um, but honestly, there wasn't a lot of major things. There's a lot of discussions, a lot of grumblings, a lot of um, rumors, a lot of a couple controversies. Um, but there wasn't a lot of Star Wars activity. So I tried to think about things from a, what what happened with Star Wars fandom and mm-hmm. this one was the first very first one that jumped into my head um because it, it you know it it kicked off uh, this whole just we hadn't seen kira since the end of solo and we were waiting what? to see what happened with her and this for for a a franchise that lives on leaks and has things spoiled and ruined way too regularly the fact that this one did not get out is miraculous and the fandom freaked out and it was fantastic. It was really cool. And it actually got me to, uh, to, to follow this series a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. And Jared's agreeing with you. He says that panel of Kira and Vader paralleling that one specific shot of Maul and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: chef's yes. guess. Um So
0: I have not, I will confess and kind of like the high Republic books. One of the other holes in my <laughs> resume is comic books yeah um i've kind of made my appeals and apologies to our friend chris ryan's and yeah. you know told him i need to kind of work with him to let him you know point me in the right direction get up to speed on some of these um and i know this one has been very well received and has been yeah. very popular um, over the course of its run so i think it is a very fitting first entry into your list
1: and, and i don't think it's it's bad to admit that i mean the challenge with the comic books and honestly i I read most of these, and one of the reasons I did was because I did, you know, I did one of the episodes for Chris Ryan's Quick Shots, um, so I had to read it, which was important. Uh, but on top of that, I, I and this this will get me some hate, but I always feel like comic books end up like trying to put too many ingredients into the recipe, and like there's too many things going on. And but you know, we we now have the one from this past week where Kira mentions Prince Shizor from. Uh, from the shadows, of the empire. So it's cool to see stuff coming to life there. I, I too am not a huge comic book guy, but this series this more of the bounty hunter stuff has been really, really interesting. So
0: absolutely. It's definitely of the ones that I've kind of heard people talk about. It's near the top of the list of ones that I would like to check out. So maybe that'll be something to prioritize in the new year. <laughs> um. So for number six, we have episode one of the bad batch. Yeah. I, I mean, think- We could go a lot of different directions with this one.
1: I I think, so for me, it was, I did not know what to expect from Bad Batch. And now you'll note that I didn't put the whole season of Bad Batch because I felt like it was a couple of episodes longer than it needed to be, if I'm being transparent. I enjoyed it. I really loved everything about it. Um, But, you know, I, I go to the first episode because, to me, one of the things that I wanted to see was a direct connection between the end of Revenge of the Sith and the beginning of the Empire as we know it, mm-hmm. and the 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 icing on the cake for me was the the Kanan scene, and that really made a nice connection. It it allowed what it did for me is it really showed me that the Clone Wars era um, is Filoni's work, right? And I think um, a lot of us are are. Very complimentary of of Dave Filoni, and we love that he is sort of George Lucas's apprentice, and that he tells amazing stories and brought us Ahsoka. Um, but connecting Kanan and rebels, and then a couple other rebels connections during the series, um, reminds us that this is this is Filoni's world now. And um, to see those connections was fantastic, and and just to start to see the way the empire so quickly turned into what it became that we saw in a new Mm -hmm.
0: hope. Yeah. That was, you know, that was one of my favorite parts of this series overall. I mean, I, I, we spent a lot of time and I think you and David Jesse were hosting the Twitter spaces during a lot of those episodes on Thursdays and talking about it. Um, And one of the things that kept coming up so regularly in those conversations, and I caught myself being a broken record about it was the music and yeah. the animation and how beautiful visually, you know, this animation style has grown to become. Because this, while it is certainly connected to Clone Wars, this isn't that same style of animation from Clone Wars. Yeah. It has evolved, it's gotten, you know, more refined, if that's a fair way to say it. Yep. Um, but it just made it stand out. But the other thing I loved so much about this series, especially in those early episodes, was exactly what you said, seeing the transition from the old Republic or to the, from the, um, from the clones to the empire. Yeah. And seeing the transition in, you know, chain codes and registering and all the people that had to go through all these things that, again, they planted those seeds in Mandalorian. They planted those seeds at different points along the way. And you see it pay off. And again, it that's one of the big things that I think, and you have been the one I think that has said this before that animation is continuing to do for Star Wars is fill in yep. stories, plot points, gaps. And that's very evident because I think four of your seven things on your list <laughs> are animation and non-traditional Star Wars media related. Yeah. Because they're that good. And then, of course, again, in this first episode, since you called out episode one specifically, we get baby Kanan. Yep. And, you know, to have that moment with his master. Um there's a lot in this one because I was not the Bad Batch arc in season seven of Clone Wars was okay, but
1: it didn't yep. sell me. What I, sold I, me I was, was the last yep.
0: four episodes. But yep. by the time I watched this first episode, I was hooked. I was all in.
1: Yep. I, I agree. And I think one of the, you know, you you mentioned the animation style and it's funny because now you go back and because we're, you know, we're all such, you know, sweaty Star Wars nerds you, you go back and you'll watch an arc or you watch a handful of episodes. And it really is. I mean, it's, it's like watching the difference between A New Hope and The Phantom Menace. It's from a from a style standpoint, from a uh, I mean, the lighting in the final couple episodes of Bad Batch were was just it was as good as any live action series we've ever seen. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's beautifully done. But episode one was just a great introduction to the series and and a great connection. And what I'm finding the animation is doing really well. And um, possibly more so than the live action stuff is it's paying off for people who invest in the full stories. You can still enjoy it at the at the surface level. But if you've been watching since Clone Wars and Rebels and watch, there's little things in there just for you. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. that's a great way to do it. Absolutely. I I wholeheartedly agree.
0: And it just it's you're a big proponent of everybody finding their way into Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the different door that you come through? And this is no different. Some people grew up as Clone Wars kids and they resonated with this even deeper than I did. Yep. Um, But there's just, there's a lot of ways for it to connect and fill in gaps. So that's an excellent one. So number five, I believe similarly related Uh,
1: the return of Cad Bane. I mean, how much better than that? you know, I, here's my, my hope and my sort of hypothesis is that they threw Cad Bane in here to see, what the reaction would be because I think there's a lot of murmurings there was, you know, I mean, uh, a year ago, you know, we, we wanted to, we wanted to bring Cad Bane back. We wanted to make Cad Bane happen. Right. And so (laughs) we wanted to really test, they wanted to see what the the audience response would be. And I think the audience flipped out and I think, I think it's going to lead to seeing Cad Bane in one form or another in the book of Boba Fett. Um, But I forgot it caused you know I I was a Cad Bane fan because I remember seeing him on Clone Wars mm-hmm. and I just remember I liked him but I couldn't remember why but then I went back and I watched the Cad Bane episodes of Clone Wars and and just loved him but I think the thing that I loved most about the Cad Bane episode was he was just really solidified as nothing more than a traditional western gangster gunslinger gunslinger yeah. which was so great i mean the shot the wide shot of Mm -hmm. him versus hunter is (laughs) perfect it might be one of my favorite frame shots in all of star wars animation it's phenomenal in (laughs) fact i almost used that shot
0: for the (laughs) picture i put up on the screen yeah and then i just got this up close you know you've got the toothpick you've got the hat you've got the low slung holster on his belt yeah like everything about it is you know it goes back to the clear undertones of star Wars, which have their roots in serial Westerns and a face off. And, you know, it it was almost to me, it felt like that scene was the modernized version of the old animatic of Bane versus Boba that we got all those years ago.
1: I I agree. And you know, what else is really interesting to me about Cad Bane? And this goes to the point we were just making, about the evolution of clone wars, Um, Cad Bane is way too on the nose. If you take Mm -hmm. him, at face value. I mean, he's literally wearing a cowboy hat and he's, he's, you know, everything, but the music is westerny when it comes on, right? He's got a Southern drawl. He's very, you know, he's yep. cool, calm and collected. Um, but it works now. Right. And you suddenly totally see works. that that now works, which again, I think this was a test to see what was the response to this character. So that if we see him again in mm-hmm. live action and, and I, I would put money, not as much money on on it as <laughs> as uh, as you know, Eclipse never seeing light of day. But I would say there's a good chance that we see him in live action in Book of Boba Fett, and and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that that the audience responded like who if they didn't know right. who he was, they wanted to know, and if they did know, they were psyched. And so That's I thought right. it was it was just a highlight of the season for well, me,
0: and they did it in such a fun way because you get the hero scenes of when he shows up him versus Hunter taking Omega, that whole thing. But then we get him again for a more played out arc, him versus Finnick on that old cloning station. Yeah. You know? And so we get to see a little bit more action, a little bit more of, you know, these two going at each other and kind of matching each other. Um, So let me ask you this. Yeah. Live action Cad Bane. Yep. Who is Pete casting to do it?
1: (laughs) That's a good one. Um, you know, I, I guess it depends on. I was going to say it depends on age, but it really doesn't because it's just going to be a voiceover. <laughs> it's a right? mask. That's right. Um, I would love to see somebody like um. Oh, I don't know. I can't think of anybody's anybody's name right now, but I can. I, I would say, I don't know anybody from um. Uh, um, what was the HBO Western series that? Deadwood. Uh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. any anybody from Deadwood would, would well, okay. Funny. And so
0: it's funny you mention that because I have a thought. Okay. And even though we've seen this guy already, yeah, because it would be a mask. Yeah. I think Timothy Oliphant should do this. I think he could do it. Yeah. Because he's tall and skinny. Right. He played this character in Deadwood. He also played this character in Justified. He's the mm-hmm. long lean gunman. He's got the saunter. He's got the draw. Yep. Like. And, you know, again, cover him up with a mask. And, you know, I hope we get Cobb Banth back, to be perfectly honest. In the I book think of both, yeah, I that's so one too. of my I haven't put it in your chat for you and Trey's <sighs> discussion tomorrow yet. But um, but yeah, but I hope we get more Cobb Banth. But because this is a character in a mask, like he has the build and it would mm-hmm. be kind of a fun little nod to say, you know, Mark Hamill was the bartender in, you know, whatever it was like, let's yep. throw Oliphant in something else for a role that he's pretty much already done but i think that's a great
1: call and that's that's why i said anybody from deadwood because i was just like i can't say him i guess but yeah you can sure yeah Yeah. totally would work so that would be fun (laughs) um all right so that was
0: number five we're gonna keep going we're gonna hit number four which is omega as boba fett's sister
1: yeah I, i i love this because i am the first to admit that i was a huge proponent of the fact that I believed that Omega was some sort of Palpatine right. derivative, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I put out that. the, the you know, the picture of her standing and and the picture of Palpatine's animated version with the hair and the stance. And so I was wrong and I was extremely happy. And you know what I liked about it was, you know, one of the things that I liked about The Force Awakens was the way they kind of just sort of casually threw out that Kylo was, uh, was Han Solo's son. That was just kind mm-hmm. of like the son of Hansel. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. What is that? And then the same thing with this was like, I, w- I went back and I had to like rewind and be like, wait, did he just say that she's his? <laughs> and then I, yeah. you know, and you start doing the math and you start figuring out like, how old is she? And and the reason I think it's important and the reason I love it is because it just makes for so much opportunity in the book of Boba Fett. It makes opportunity for future episodes of bad batch and, and it changes her arc a lot and it has an opportunity to influence the way we get to know Boba Fett. So that to me was just it was a great reveal. I think mm-hmm. you know a lot of people theorized it. So I don't think it was totally shocking. Um but yeah. it was great. I mean, yeah. and there's
0: more to come. Obviously, we're getting yeah. another season of Bad Batch, but that's another one of those wild theories that has been floated for Book of Boba Fett. Do yeah. we get a grown-up Omega? Do we get you know, some sort of reconnection, what we don't know. And I think we've kind of kicked this idea around and it's not original to me, but it's called book of Boba Fett. Right. And in Mandalorian, all the episodes are marked as chapters. Yep. I really like the idea that book of Boba Fett is going to be a nonlinear story that each episode hits a different chapter, escaping yep. the Sarlacc and figuring out what has happened, yep. getting his power back, maybe a run in with, you know, Omega or Bane or, you know, whatever else it could be. Yep. Um, So that's certainly another one that I think
1: has the ability to show up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just the, the the fact that she exists gives Boba some, some additional motivation in one way or another. Right. Whether positive or
0: negative. So yeah. Motivation. And that's the key to any good hero or story. Absolutely. Um, All right. So that was number four. Number three, we're gonna jump into the book of Boba Fett trailer. So we've got a lot yeah. of connection here, a lot of a lot of synergy, as you as it were.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, I think this was this this was a moment because it it kind of um, the first trailer specifically, and and the follow up the follow ups all play a role, but the first trailer because it put us in a spot where we were back. It, it reminded us, and it was the first time this year that we got a trailer mm-hmm. um, for anything. If I remember correctly, it's the first trailer we got for anything this year. And it was very Correct. late in the year. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of that. Ma- one of my favorite moments in star Wars Twitter is whenever something drops that mad dash to go yes. watch it and talk <laughs> about it. And, and, and just the excitement that it builds. And you know, I was actually, I was, I was sitting in a car dealership because we were <laughs> my my wife's lease expired and we we're sitting in a car dealership and the text came, I think it might've even been from you. And right. I'm sitting there like waiting for the, the salesman to go check some numbers or something. And I'm like sitting there looking at my phone, trying to check it out. And I was just watching it and reading the subtitle <laughs> so I can get home and watch it and enjoy it. But it's, it, it it actually leads to another one of my, my points on the list here is just all the excitement around this show. Um yes is it's real and it's exciting and and whenever a trailer drops it's a magic moment for star wars and i think i think we forget how important that is it's it's a moment where the community all comes together there's at least five minutes where we all love it before people start picking it apart right and it doesn't matter what side of the fandom you're on you're excited about something new for a moment and the book of mm-hmm. Boba Fett trailer. And you know, one of the first observations I had was it all looks like it came from one episode, probably the first episode or second episode. Um, but it doesn't matter. It was, it was fresh film live footage from a star Wars property. uh Live action footage is it's magic. And that, that trailer was, and then followed by, the, the other couple things, which just give us a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And I love the way they're doing it. I love the way they're bringing it together.
0: I agree completely. And I'm so excited for this show. And, you know, like you said, we got the trailer so late, uh, much to the disappointment of our friend Scotty J. Rowe. We haven't gotten any other trailers yet, <laughs> um, but I know he is being ever vigilant trying to watch for the next one. Yes, um, he, but, he will be right. <laughs> he, he will eventually. Cl- a a broken clock is right two times a day. That's exactly. Um, but, and that's, yeah, and we're going to come to my other point about the Book of Boba Fett trailers and everything to this, because like you said, you have another item on the list that speaks to the end of this same category. Mm-hmm. So I'll save that for a minute. So let's jump to number two, which is the classic content that showed yeah. up on Disney+.
1: Plus. This is such a fun one. This, this is amazing, because... You know, I think that there's been this, and and I'll I'll take it back even a, a little bit further. I believe that so much has happened in the last couple years surrounding classic Star Wars content. And I'll throw Phantom Menace in that as well. Because I think even though there's a whole group of people that like to forget that there was not a lot of love for the Phantom Menace when it first came out. And I don't care who you are, there was all these things about, you know, George Lucas ruined my childhood, and all these things. And so I believe that the first line of the Phantom, of uh, the Force Awakens, when he says, this will begin to set things right, is mm-hmm. a very meta kind of nod to people, like, hey, we got this, we're gonna... Because I remember there was very little um, promotion that recalled anything from the prequels. It was very much right. OT-related. Um, so I think we we got to this point where it felt like anything that took place before Disney um, and wasn't the original trilogy was never going to exist. It's cast aside. That's right. Yep. And, and forgotten about and the negatives burned and, mm-hmm. and all that. Um, but to bring this stuff back and, you know, the first thing that I wrote when I sent you my list was the Ewok movies. Right. But then I thought about it. It's, it's much more than just that, but the Ewok movies are what, pulled me back to this content because Mm -hmm. they're so bad that they're good i mean i did a whole hour and a half with scott Chernoff where we we asked questions (laughs) that have no answers and it's so weird it's the stuff and it's not great but star people forget like part of star wars is not great correct and and that's what's so cool about it and the fact that we got the the original boba fett cartoon and And the ewok cartoon, and then of course the tar, uh, tartakovsky Clone Wars, which is a gift like mm-hmm. it, it's and one I
0: didn't know that I wanted because <laughs> being not super in the tank for original Clone Wars and not having ever originally watched those Tarkovsky ones other than mm-hmm. you know being familiar with the artwork or seeing a clip here or there, yep, like I hadn't watched it. So to yeah. go back and watch it with kind of fresh eyes was an experience in and of yeah. itself.
1: Yeah. And I remember I had watched it on YouTube um, and you know, it's YouTube form. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember because I was never, I was, it took me years to get into clone wars. I was, I did not enjoy the clone wars movie. Actually. I don't think I ever watched it all the way through until a couple of years ago. Um, It took me a while to get into the TV series. Um. It was a weird time for me as a star wars fan but when i watched this on youtube i was like this is amazing this is really cool and the fact that they restored it i also think more than anything else as great as it is to have this stuff and all the things that go with it um it's really it's something i think people need to appreciate it's a real it's a real nod to to fans of all ages throughout throughout the years. Because, again, yeah. this stuff could have very easily been just sort of forgotten about, and it's not canon, so we're not going to do anything with it. But it's, it's a great reminder. It's a great thing for us all to have.
0: Yeah, uh, without question. And it's one of those things that, like you said, the Ewok movies, that was... You know, that was prime childhood time, like yes. watching those weird things and not remembering how weird they were until right. I saw them as an adult. Right. Like some of those some of those traumatizing moments like the bones in the cell or, <laughs> you know, these things that are like, oh, crap, I remember that from when I was a kid, but <laughs> yep. I hadn't thought about it in 40 years. Yep. Um, to get to revisit that, to revisit, you know, the original Boba stuff that was in the holiday special and those, you know, the um, was it the friendly Wookie? yeah
2: Yeah,
1: i think so but, but then you, you also, know yeah go ahead. no i was gonna say and then you add to that the droids cartoon which yes. is actually fantastic i urge mm-hmm. everybody to watch it it's i it's some of the most star warsy star wars there is <laughs> um and it's, it's
0: got a banging soundtrack to go with it so
1: it does and you have this theme song by Stuart copeland Stuart copeland police. yeah it's amazing
0: yeah so. can't beat that that was that was prime golden era star wars right there it was and goofy saturday morning cartoon crap which is yep. great too Yep. that's right you know it ties right in with so many other things that we're seeing a little bit of a resurgence of whether it's ghostbusters and remembering the old weird ghost real ghostbusters cartoons yes. and yep. you know he-man was a big part of that era when i was a kid and now we're getting the new netflix he-man which is really good um so, yeah, so it's a great nod to certainly for fans of our age and our era, nostalgia, but also these younger fans. Something else to consume, something other yep. to content. Has Jack gotten into any of these old things with you? Has he, has hasn't, he had any response and, to and
1: those? I mean, we tried to watch the Ewok movies and he he could sit through them, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny, um, but it's kind of telling. Um, yeah. So no, he he watched some of the actually he watched some of the droid stuff with me and didn't didn't you know turn his nose up at it. But um and I, if he watched the Tart- Tartakovsky Tarkovsky Clone Wars, he would he I think he would like that a lot because that's yeah. you know it's the Samurai Jack stuff and exactly. uh, all that yeah maybe maybe that can be your Christmas break project
0: is to that's right. try sit and sit down him we're gonna that. watch that's this right. uh, I have pour, to be honest. up another
1: eggnog <laughs> there you go <laughs> I have to be honest I haven't watched the Ewok cartoon. The okay. uh, best series. I just haven't gotten back to that. Like that's right. I have to watch Biome. It's an investment of time. time. It is. It really is. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, um, well, we're gonna
0: move into number one. And I know a lot of what your thoughts are about number one because I have those same thoughts, <laughs> but um, and I retitled it a little bit from what you sent to me, but we're calling <laughs> it the Boba <Bobazonts>. Zance. <laughs> yeah. He's back, the return of Boba Fett, all the way around. Like yeah. this is just you know, this is a big one for this year for sure
1: you know it's amazing that boba fett is as popular as he is and you know there was a time not too long ago and i i've heard it on other podcasts that would now probably deny it but um there there was a, a whole common line from people saying he's overrated i don't care about boba fett let's move right. on i don't need to see him in in the mandalorian let's move on um i challenge you to find anybody that doesn't love Boba Fett right now. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean, this he's, he's, he's the face of star Wars right now, whether you like it or not. And, and, and that's okay. And it'll be really interesting to see where they go with the story because of the fact that can the face of your franchise be just, you know, an evil (laughs) bounty hunter. We really can't. I don't think.
0: Well, they've proved that part of it can be another faceless character in the Mandalorian. So now we're bringing in the Mandalorian that we already knew. Yeah. Um, you know, and and playing off of that. And I will say I was never a hater. Right. But I was also, even as an original trilogy kid and somebody who grew up with like, I just was never impressed by Boba Fett. Like he was cool looking, but he had like nine words of dialogue, and (laughs) he died in what seemed like a kind of punk way. He got hit by a blind Han Solo and fell into a burping armpit in the desert. Um and but then and that we had always heard, the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy and in the years ensuing. So when he shows up in that scene, not in his armor, wielding a gaffy stick and just goes, you know, ham on a bunch of stormtroopers like, oh, snap. Like, yeah, this may really be the deal.
1: Yeah. I, I think and. What, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. is the fact that he came back the way he did. He came back in a way that everybody got everybody's attention. He didn't just sort of sneak into a scene like like he always did, really. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, um, a very very fitting number one, and of course we're super excited that we're about a little over two weeks away from it's finding out what it's going
1: to be and finding out what it's going to mean. It, um, it, you know, it's as a Star Wars fan, it is so cool to be at that. Like we're in this like this countdown period, and you know we're a couple days away from. The new spider-man movie so we're excited about Mm -hmm. that uh i'm a huge matrix fan so i can't wait for for that i mean we have so much great stuff coming out and then after after christmas we get boba fett which is amazing
0: um it's a bounty of lots of fun entertainment lots of good things for no christmas break consumption and you know just being together with family and doing what you do best which is sit in the dark in a theater for two hours and not talk to anybody (laughs) that's right
1: I think it makes sometimes it's better. (laughs) That's right.
0: Sometimes we all need that. Uh, Well, that is a fantastic list, and I'm so glad that you shared those. And like I said, it stood out to me that there was a lot of animation and some non-traditional media on there. But I think that that's an indicator and a nod to what we're continuing to see in Star Wars here more recently and the recognition of that tool. One that didn't make the list but easily could have been on it was Visions. Visions was so unique and special and stood out and brought nine different things within that one umbrella yep. of stories and styles and, you know, so much of that kind of stuff. Um, so it's exciting to see animation continue to get what it's get. We know we're getting more bad batch. Yep. Um, there's rumors potentially of, you know, a mall, you know, something maybe down the line, which yep. I would be all about, you know, some more of that storyline. So there's been
1: rumblings of more visions, which would be awesome as well. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Um, Of course, we all
0: want more Rebels, but we think at this point, more Rebels is going to show up in the Ahsoka series. Yeah, (laughs) more Rebels
1: equals Ahsoka, I think. Correct. At this point. But, you know, it's interesting because, as I said at the beginning, it was a very busy Star Wars year, but there wasn't a lot of content, which is very, very interesting. And I think it speaks to the community that we we constantly are speaking about it, even though there's really nothing going on. So
0: can you imagine how insufferable we'll be when we have all these things coming out at the same time?
1: 2022, the year of star Wars is going to be crazy. We're all going to lose our minds and our voices. So, (laughs)
0: um, well, I had a couple of things that I wanted to add to, you know, your list and some things that were just, and I didn't write any of these down. I didn't make slides. I'm kind of firing from the hip here. Um, but for me, some top star Wars, 2021 moments, um, one And this is going to sound kind of selfish, but I don't mean for it to. Um, the advent of this version of the show has been a highlight for me because Podcast of the Wheels has been around since, I think, 2016 in its original version, me and my buddy Steve, the audio-only podcast, that kind of thing. Um, but when pandemic hit and when this year started, you know, we were doing the book above Bub- or the Mandalorian recap shows. Mm-hmm. And I've told this story several times, but when that ended, it was kind of like, well, crap, what are we going to talk <laughs> about now? And it just kind of hit at a perfect time where he had gotten really busy with a bunch of stuff in his life. I still had some extra time on my hands helping with my family and being home a lot. And so I transitioned into what this show has become, which is Sunday nights and a live stream. And I've really been blessed to have some amazing guests on. I've made friends through doing this. It has really truly become the thing that I look forward to in the week, the chance to get together and connect with this community that I really do cherish about a subject that I love so much. So to be very sappy and to be a little bit selfish, one of my highlights of this year has been transitioning into what podcast of the wheels has become the consistency of it on a week to week basis and just getting to spend time with my, as my wife likes to call them, my weird space friends, um, <laughs> it, it means a whole lot. So that's certainly a highlight for me. Um, one of the other ones, and I have to shout out, um, Framie said it. They said they were sure that your number one would be Potathon 2021. Uh, um, it is way up there on my list, and you went more literal, like these are things that we got in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, so I'll take I'll take all the emotional picks, even though I know that they <laughs> are important for you too. Um, yeah. Potathon was huge. Potathon was so fun. It was so empowering and impactful to see this group of people come together and raise $8,300 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah. And then along the course of that, look at who all we got to talk to. We got to talk to Ian Combery, We got to talk to Claudia Gray. We got to talk to Matt Martin. We got to talk to Paul Sun young Lee. Like, we got to have these great people who tell the stories that we love and that allow us to do what we do on a weekly basis all for charity. And that was, I mean, it was huge. I sat in this chair for like 15 hours that day and I was ready to do it again the next day because it was such a good experience. It meant so much to so many people and it just, it's the spirit of what we always talk about, what this community really is and can be. And so in light of something like Quantic or in light of some other, thing that's going on it's very heartwarming and reassuring to stop and go but we have this we have yeah. these people that are out there supporting one another and trying to lift community up so yeah that was a huge
1: huge moment it, it wasn't and it's it's just so it reminds you that like we get involved in all the goofy stuff on on social media and and to see people like like the the guests you mentioned, and the people like Mark Thompson and Christine Ariel, who and Hello mm-hmm. Greedo, who who couldn't be a part of the day, but they sent in their best wishes. Absolutely. And and look, you know, podcasts like Star Wars Explained and Force Center, spending some literally giving an hour to the show um, and Tatooine Sons. These shows that are are big shows that people know have a great following, and they they leverage their their following and their they took the time. Um, not all the shows that we approached did that, and that's it speaks volumes of mm-hmm. of the shows that that took the time to be a part of it. And and it's it's an honor and a privilege. And and yeah, I mean, I I went down the 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 Star Wars content route, but yes. that absolutely was probably the highlight of my year. I mean, we we like you said, we spent 15 hours just sort of in these chairs getting things through <laughs> for the day and, and making it happen, but. We didn't make it happen. The people who 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 donated and sure. were a part of it were just—it it was amazing, and it's amazing to be reminded that we can do this sort of thing as a community when we all stick together, which is fantastic. Absolutely. Well, and that brings me to another one of my points. And while I
0: transition to that point, um, I did just put a link in the live chat. Um, if anybody's hanging out and watching and wants to come in, we'd love to hear from you tonight. You know, what was your top star Wars moment of the year? Um, just kind of help us celebrate as we wrap up the year, but that was one of the other ones. And if I can get as cheesy and cliche as it gets, but one of my star Wars 2021 highlights was indeed the friends we made along the way. It was these people. And I, what do you mean? These people, I mean, (laughs) this star Wars community, there are so many people I couldn't begin to name. All the people, whether it's the ones that I text with on a regular basis, whether we message on Twitter on a regular basis, whether we get bullied by them in a fun and loving way, um, you know, throwing a shout out to our friends over at Bro Axiom. We're all, yeah. they're on at the same time as I am most Sunday nights. And it's just a fun crowd of people. And it's just a fun group of shows supporting each other. Yep. Like I said, there's too many to name. But we've become this weird family and we keep talking about, you know, what celebration looks like in May. Yep. And, you know, I've said if I can make it there, I'm hugging everybody I see. I don't (laughs) give a crap because that's what this community has meant to me. Mm -hmm. Not only over the course of the last two years when we've all been through the ringer and we've all been through isolation and lockdown and, you know, not having the ability to connect like we normally do. But then out of that, growing true friendships and growing partnerships. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I say it all the time, but, you know, I blow you up on a daily basis about something where I'm trying to work out, hey, do you think this works? Or, I do the same what thing about to you. This? So. And so, <laughs> totally but, that, but that's born out of a community of support that is all, you know, tied together because of Star Wars. And yep. it just means so much. And I think if you asked, you know, seven or eight year old Nick, Hey, this thing that you love right now, when you're 45 years old, it's going to be, you know, a part of your daily interaction. And you're going to do a TV show in your garage about it. And you're going to (laughs) have these, you know, friends that live all over the country and you're going to be connected. I wouldn't have guessed that, but it really is special. And it really just adds to not only the enjoyable parts of it, but like, again, what we're experiencing this weekend with something that's difficult to also have this community to support each other and lift each other up and share voices and stories. It really has been far and away the highlight of my star Wars years, just continuing to get to know the good people in this community.
1: Yep. 100%. I think that that's, that is one of those things that is you, you begin, you almost take it for granted some days. And then when you think about it, you realize just how important it is and how great it is that we, we've been able to make connections like this. So Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't agree more with you.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, I know you've got a show coming. Is it tomorrow? Is it Tuesday? I think I misspoke. It's tomorrow. It's It's tomorrow. Okay. Yep. Um, Yep. So tell us about tomorrow night. Tell us about all the different Pete things. disturbances (laughs) in the forest. All that good stuff. Let's get some plugs going on.
1: Well, I'm trying to uh, to, to, to get all the content created and finished before the holidays so I can take a a couple weeks off and have content. But so, yeah, so tomorrow night live. uh, It'll be the second week in a row that we're doing a live show, but we're doing it with... uh, uh bill she me and bill mm-hmm. she have been collecting and if you're listening uh or watching make sure to find the tweet and uh leave your crazy uh prediction and or want or or theory for book of boba fett and we're just gonna go through and just kind of talk about him and and get ourselves psyched up and you know disappointed because things that we want to have happen <laughs> won't happen but uh so tomorrow night we're doing that live and then um we have two two more interviews coming up over the next couple of weeks. We have um, uh, we have uh, one of the editors from Wikipedia is going to be on, and also nice. Kyle Katarn is coming on the show. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday, we drop our interview with Cam Ray for those that yes. weren't there live. So a <laughs> little bit of content so, coming. And then, of course, every Saturday morning, Disturbances in the Forest, give us five minutes, we'll give you the galaxy. Absolutely. And, and I do just want to suck up
0: about Disturbances in the Forest for another <laughs> minute because... That is so well done. And I'm lucky because a lot of times you'll shoot me like a, hey, here's what I think I'm talking about or here's yeah. a script, you know, read this and tell me what you think. And so I'm excited to always get, but like, even when I know what's coming, like I listen to those five minutes because <laughs> one, it's so well put together, but it's exactly what you talked about. You wanted it to be yeah. it's a non-biased news collecting point. Yep. Really intended not for people like me, but intended for people like my dad or your dad yep. or the guy that, you know, the chiropractor that you talk about that you go to. <laughs> yep. To say, hey, here's five minutes of what's actually going on. It's funny. There's a guy.
1: Ben. Yeah, there's a guy at the gym uh, that I go to who who now listens and he's like, I don't usually listen to all of your interview shows because I that's too much. <laughs> he goes, but I always listen to the, the news show because I always like yep. to know what's going on. And it's funny because I think that that's one of the things if people do nothing else with disturbances in the force, I love that, you know, you, you listen do it and framing. I know is a big fan. And, mm-hmm. and, um, but I think my only ask would be that people share it with people who are star Wars fans Absolutely. that are getting their news from Mike zero and Doomcock and people like that <laughs> go, just give them, get them to look for this every week to keep up with the stuff. And, um, and it's fine. And, you know, honestly, it's good for me too, because it kind of, it sort of, it brings me kind of into my PR days, right? I got, I got to look and pick the top five to seven stories and I got to keep the stories short. And there's been a couple of times where I've had to catch myself with an opinion and it's kind of fun to write <laughs> pure news, right? Because we're yeah. all so opinionated, but uh, I'm glad you like it. It's, it's a lot of fun to do every week. Absolutely. Well, as you know, everybody knows you're
0: on Twitter at ATGCast. Mm-hmm. Um, you of course have our friend ATG3 hanging out behind you. Um, everybody's favorite sassy little, uh, review reader. Um, I know he's going to get a promotion in the new year. I can just, feel I, it. I hope he's so.
1: Gonna, yeah. He's,
0: he's yeah. going to get to take on some more responsibilities.
1: I have episode 150 coming up, uh, in a couple weeks on around the galaxy. And my daughter's <laughs> like, you should have ATG three as your guest. I was like, I don't know if I could, I don't <laughs> think people could take an hour of him. But. <laughs> you never know. Maybe that's the challenge for you to accept. <laughs> right. Um,
0: Well, I can't thank you enough, one, for being a friend, but two, for hanging out tonight and spending some time, you know, wrapping up the year and looking at what we're excited about in the next couple of weeks with Boba Fett. And like you said, 2022, what's it going to bring? Are we going to get Kenobi? Are we going to get, you know, so many other possible things? Um, But I wish you and your family the happiest of holidays to Uh, all of our listeners, to all of our watchers um same to you you are a crucial crucial part of this show you're a crucial part of why i do what i do what i love to do um and i will even though thanksgiving was a few weeks ago we really keep being thankful through christmas and holidays so thank you for being a part of this show thank you for being a part of the podcast of the wills family the around the galaxy family the star wars family um you know i won't say you're why i do it because i would do it if nobody watched because i'm a nerd and i like to talk about star wars (laughs) But it just becomes so much more fun when I know I've got these fun friends to hang out. So thank you for that. We are going to take the next couple of weeks off. We're going to relaunch in January. I've already got several guests booked um, for the first few weeks of the year. Some surprises, somebody I've been chasing for probably four or five months now. Um, We've circled in on a date for that. We're also going to do change it up a little bit. So you're going to see some things that look different. Um, but the core of podcast of the wheels is going to remain and we're going to continue to be the podcast that treats star Wars like a sacred text. Um, So thank you for that. I could go on and on about how thankful I am, but it's time for me to shut up and go in the house and watch Yellowstone with my wife. Who's (laughs) been waiting for me. Um, So thank you to everybody. Happy holidays to everybody. I hope you have the best time with your family, with your friends, with your loved ones. And until we see each other again, may the force be with you always. (laughs) Well, we're back. It's been a little bit of a break, but we're back for another episode of Heroes of the Mom CU, And this is maybe one of the top three most anticipated movies, I think, for this crowd of all the ones that we have done so far. There's a lot of excitement to introduce Mom to Spider-Man Homecoming. She got a little tiny taste of Spider-Man when we watched Captain America Civil War, when he showed up in the big heroes, everybody fighting each other. So before we look at the poster, First initial Spider-Man thoughts.
2: I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I like Mm Spider-Man. We just got done watching Miles Morales and Into the Mm Spider-Verse. And I think that was my second time to see that. So I like Spider-Man. I'm a fan of just the idea of him. And um, I have not heard anything but about Tom Holland for the Mm -hmm. past uh, I guess when we went to see Encanto in theaters, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they did the big... The trailer for the movie. Trailer for the movie. So, I've heard all about how cute he is. He even pops up on my Instagram reels now <laughs> in all of his dancing, and he seems to be a really talented young man, and I'm excited to see what he brings Absolutely. to this Marvel madness.
0: Absolutely. Well, Laura Kelly, what about you? What do you think about Spider-Man?
3: Um, I think that he's really cool because he has web powers, mm-hmm. And, and he and his web powers are really strong. Okay. So go, Green Goblin can't really steal stuff that he's going to steal.
2: Wait, who's Green Goblin?
3: Um, the person with all the tenta- metal tentacles. Okay.
0: Oh, a lot. Of, a lot of craziness there. Um, Lily, what are your kind of Spider-Man thoughts?
3: Uh, I'm obsessed because he is so cute, and he's the second cutest guy in the MCU.
0: Besides Loki (laughs) (laughs) we all saw that coming Harper what about you and Spider-Man
3: I also love him and I love this movie
0: okay Wren do you have any thoughts about the Man, as you sometimes like to call him uh not really not really are you excited for this movie yes okay are you bummed
2: that I won't let you have popcorn yes (laughs) because we've been binging on junk all weekend um get over it (laughs)
0: We um, we're going to show mom the poster right now. This is what we've got coming at us in the movie.
2: Tony Stark, large and in charge. That's the Falcon Man underneath him. What's his name?
0: The Falcon. The Falcon. I don't see the Falcon. Right
2: there, that fiery Falcon Man.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Um, Tom Holland, so cute. Um, Iron Man, new girl. Michael Keaton, Favaro, and is that Marissa Tomei? Yes, it is. What up? Um, Spider Man Homecoming. Yep. Homecoming.
0: Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider Man Homecoming. So we have a lot to look forward to in this movie, and Glimpse I do agree. Glimpses
2: of Washington. Okay. And glimpses of New York. Mm hmm. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, looks good.
0: Excellent. Well, it's going to be a fun one, so we are going to stop the recording. We're going to get started watching the movie, and we'll be back when it's over. All right, we're back after the movie, and we're going to go straight to first reactions from Mom for Spider-Man.
2: I thought it was a really cute movie. Tom Holland is everything that he was built up to be. Good little actor, precious, adorable. It's a good movie, not too much action, um, I thought it was cute. I liked it.
0: And he's British. Did you know he, he was British? No, no, no. Um, he, yes, he is a great actor. He is somebody that you continue to grow to love as you see him in the future movies that come afterwards. We have another Spider-Man that's in the timeline that we're in right now that we'll get to. And then the newest one is the one that came out um, in December, that we all went and saw. I think well, you had to work one day. <laughs> um, but what about you, Laura Kelly? What were your thoughts about this movie? Because you even pointed out this is the second full mom C U movie that you've watched with us. So what did you think about this one?
3: I think it was really good.
0: Yeah. What was your favorite part of the whole thing?
3: I think it was that finding out that um, the girls. Dad is evil.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Finding out Liz's dad was the bad guy. That was very good. Um, Ren, what about you? What was your standout favorite part of this movie?
3: My favorite part was probably when he took the bike from that random person and he left a note that said, If this is your bike, um, then take it. But if it's not yours, please don't steal
0: it. Pretty good. He was being the friendly neighborhood Spider Man and he was walking around helping people out. Friendly
3: neighborhood Spider
0: Man. That's right. All right, Harper, what about you?
3: I like the part where Aunt May comes in in the end and sees that he's Spider Man.
0: Yes. When Aunt May finds out that he's Spider Man, Lily, what do you have that's your favorite?
3: Uh same thing as Harper, but also he was so cute. <laughs>
0: um, he was so cute. So we have some good what? I'm sorry.
3: Um, I also think that it was funny that um he um a Spider Man's friend just um yelled out that he's Spider Man. Right. Ned,
2: Ned. He blew his cover, didn't he?
0: Ned was a lot of fun. I
3: also love the part where he did the Thor impression.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Ned was a lot of fun, so we do get some new characters in this. We get Marissa Tomei as Aunt Nay, was, as Mommy identified on the, the poster. He
2: was and is it's MJ funny. significant? Is she yes. Ca- she's coming back. She's coming she's, back. Because I've heard you girls talk about MJ or Are perhaps okay? that one of you's drawn MJ or something mm. like that. So she kind of... Piques yes. my interest a little bit. Yes,
0: she will definitely be back. And that actress, um, she and Tom Holland are actually boyfriend and girlfriend in real life.
2: Really?
0: hmm um, her name is Zendaya. Or Zendaya. Oh, um, and they have <laughs> She they have been in all three <laughs> movies together. Wow. And they are an item, so that's a fun little tidbit. Um So we do get Aunt May, which is has been a traditional Spider-Man character pretty much from the beginning of Spider-Man. We don't get, and this is something I actually like about this series, we don't get a fully developed, scene on screen backstory. This is how he becomes Spider-Man, like you would get in a Batman movie mm-hmm. or most superhero movies. We know he was bitten by a spider. He was walking with Ned down the street, and he says it they don't do the whole Uncle Ben thing, which is also a very traditional Spider-Man thing, was for Spider-Man to see his Uncle Ben be killed, and that drives him even more to be Spider-Man. They leave some of that out, which I actually really like. Um, we also get Ned as the best friend. He was a fun he was you know, really fun. Com- comic relief and just adds to the elements of this movie that are so, I think...
2: Well, and it's a fun movie because it's very playful with yeah. him being a 15-year-old kid, mm-hmm. and he's... Um, you know, quirky, and he's unsure of his self, and metaphorically and physically, just like not secure in his footing. You know, right. he's tripping, and he's not this polished mm-hmm. superhero. And and that's what the whole theme of this movie is: right. is he's not ready. You're yeah. not ready to come and be an Avenger. And um, you know, uh, Tony's advice to him about if you can't be Spider Man without the suit, then you can't be Spider Man. And mm-hmm. he kind of has to dig and. And figure out who he is and, and the strength that he doesn't he's not even sure he has because of course there's all these you know pictures of him as um, insecure in school maybe mm-hmm. being picked on by some of the other kids and having a crush on the on the popular girl uh, but he's got such a sweetheart you know he's just mm-hmm. a good dude and then he goes and he's doing this big thing by stopping this catastrophic invisible plane in the middle of the night. And, yep. um, but then, I mean, going and, and rescuing him. Like, he could have let the bad guy burn, mm-hmm. and he didn't, you know. And um, it's just, I thought that was a neat, that was good. I yeah, liked that. it absolutely It was, was different from other movies that we've seen where the superhero is established, they are grown, they're fighting grown man's battles, and this kid is just dipping his toe in the water right now. Um, so, I look forward to... Why is someone crying? Anyway, um, we'll check on her. Harper, what do you think? Come here, baby.
3: Um, I thought it was really good, and I loved all the humor that they put into it. it funny, yeah, it was funny. Um, then again, I also love how good Peter is, and he's just super nice, and he's really unknowing.
2: Like, he's just clueless throughout the whole entire movie. Well, And it makes me think about how We've talked about before, you know, it's a basic principle in our home that you are kind to everyone and you're accepting of everyone at school, no matter what they look like or where they're from or how they talk or, you know, whatever. And I'm not saying that Spider Man's walking around your school, but like everybody has the potential to be great and everybody has the potential to to help other people. And, and uh, this is just kind of one of, those, one of those movies that highlights that, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's actually, it makes me think about one of the great parts in Spider-Verse when he goes and he buys the costume at the beginning and he says to the Stan Lee who's running the store about the suit, if, can I return it if it doesn't fit? And he says, it fits everybody eventually. And we get the elements of that. We get the elements of this young guy trying to grow into this very big thing that he was on certain levels thrown into. Um, so I really loved how that kind of had an echo in, you know, What the other thing that Miles says, you know, everybody wears the mask or everybody can wear the mask, which is a lot of what you're talking about. Um,
3: Um, I also found kind of an Easter egg um, when he has like the homemade suit, I mm -hmm. think, um, then it looks like the Tobey Maguire human spider suit.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The wrestling suit from the first one.
2: Well, and just talking about the kid, you know, that sits in the back of class and knows all the answers and is super nice to everybody. It's makes me think of what we've watched recently is the um karate kid mm-hmm. you know there's the same same themes run throughout that you have this older mentor that's guiding and instructing a kid that that doesn't have much belief in themselves and but how that really does translate to everyday life mm-hmm. you know you girls are in middle school and You just, you see it, you felt it. You've been, at times, the object of not-so-good feelings because of other people's actions, but you also have told me that there's been times where you've been inclusive towards other kids because you know maybe they're struggling to make friends, and that makes me happy.
0: Absolutely. Well, And I think another, again, part of what is so endearing about all of these movies is it is, it's a superhero movie but it's wrapped in like the 80s Brat Pack movies. Like there's a lot of those same vibes of, you know, Sweet 16 and Pretty in Pink and, you know, Breakfast Club. Like there's all these little nods. They're in high school, they're whatever. I loved the um Ferris Bueller moment when he's running through the backyard and mm-hmm. it feels like the scene in Ferris Bueller and then they cut to the TV in the guy's backyard where they're watching Ferris Bueller and it's the same part. And he screams out, hey, great movie, and keeps going um, because they have those same, again, just the coming-of-age movie vibe that I think is so fun, and I think it's part of what speaks to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am? Um,
3: and there's also Uncle Aaron that comes in there.
0: Yeah, that was a good Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Uncle Aaron, who shows up and says, I have a nephew that lives in this neighborhood, um, so also good. leading towards Miles. Um, so, what are any other? I know, Mom, you made a couple of notes. Was there anything that you highlighted that you wanted to bring up?
2: Just, I mean, not really. There, there's a quote I wrote. I wrote down in the beginning when uh, mm. Tony Stark is talking to Pete and says, "Don't do anything I would do, and definitely don't do anything I would not do." And it was just kind of ha- that was the first time in the, at the beginning of the movie that my ears perked up to this being a mentorship, mm. a father figure. Um, you know, and and how there were a lot of moments uh, in in the movie where I, where as a parent listening, I thought, ooh, that that's such a parenting moment. Like mm-hmm. that's 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 such a quote. It's a direct quote, but at the same time, it's like I can literally feel myself thinking the same the same way. Um, I just anyway, yeah. It just it just went on with what we've been talking about.
0: Absolutely. Um, so as we get ready to wrap this up, as we talk about final thoughts, last looks, anything else that stood out to you, Harper, is there anything else that stood out that you wanted to either highlight or bring up or mention?
3: Um, no, not really.
0: Okay. Lily, do you have something?
3: Um, also, uh, I realized that Vulture is from, like, a Marvel comic that Harper has, Mm -hmm. and, uh, he actually, like... Spider-Man actually does try to save him when he's, like, his wings, like, get on fire and spider Man saying that he wants to save him.
2: That happened in the comics? Yes. yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: So just one of those great movie moments where they brought a comic panel or a section to life for something that we can check mm-hmm. out. So let's do this as we wrap up. Usually we end this by pick, saying prior to this movie what our previous favorite was and if this one replaces it. So I think for Harper... Um, is it Thor?
2: It's Thor. First Thor. Mm-hmm. Always going to be Thor. Always going to be. She has yeah.
0: said it's always going to be Thor. So Until Thor. that one. Until that one. So this one doesn't replace Thor. No. Okay. Lily, what was? what's your favorite? Thor. And does this replace Thor? No. No, it doesn't. Okay. Um, mine was... Captain America Civil War, and it remains Captain America Civil War at this point. Um, I really do enjoy that movie, and I love these movies, and like I said, it's one that moves up every time I watch it, Uh, but it's not enough to change my ranking. So, then we come to Mom. What was your standing favorite? I mean,
2: my favorite was taken by Black Widow when we watched her a few shows Mm -hmm. back, and honest to goodness, like... A movie like Black Widow compared to Spider Man are just really, in my opinion, not even comparable. Absolutely. There's so many different factors. Like, that was, I loved Black Widow. I thought that was an incredible, incredible movie. Mm -hmm. And so, no, Spider Man does not take the place of that. But I will say, like, I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, I really did enjoy this. And I look forward to future Mm -hmm. Spider Man's. Yes.
0: And that one will come not too far down the line. Um, so now, Laura Kelly, what was your favorite before this? It was Black Widow, right? Yes. Okay, now does this movie replace Black Widow as your favorite, or is it still Black Widow?
3: Still Black Widow.
0: Still Black Widow. I think that's an excellent choice. And then we come to ren Wren, what has your been, has been your favorite prior to now? Uh, I kind of. Was it Civil like... War? Yeah. I think it yeah. was Captain America yeah. Civil War. So does this replace that, or is it still Civil War? I think it
3: replaced it
0: Really? Okay. So you really love this movie a lot. Yes. Outstanding. Well, I love that it. it does and it have has Captain America, and American. it has some Captain America <laughs> in it. So
3: he's like, "Is there any more of these?" I I love that.
0: <laughs> yes, those were some funny <laughs> Easter eggs. Captain America recorded PE instructional videos.
3: I'd be willing. That was hilarious. I'd be willing to detention
0: by now. terrible. Very very funny. So we're going to wrap this episode up. And we have gotten—we're not teasing or being secretive about it anymore. But the next movie, the next episode of this, will be Black Panther, yes. which I'm very excited about. That is—that like
2: is a rite of passage. Like it I is. Have, you have to see Black Panther. I'm yeah. Looking forward and to it. And that.
0: it's one that it may be a hard—it may be a replacement for me when it's we get to that really next good. part. Um, so that will be coming up hopefully soon. We'll have to see how schedules go and school and work and all that fun stuff. But as always, we thank everybody who listens. We thank you for being a part of this crazy Mom You adventure that we're being on. And we're going to wrap this up. And so until next time, Avengers.
3: Bye.